Wolverine. Hello, and welcome to the Krakulchud Podcast, episode one. This week, we'll be discussing two finer books, some of the finer things of Krakoa. Hellions, number 15, and New Mutants, number 21. My name is Quentin Imler, and joining me in discussing the finer things is Kelsey Strutz. Yes, quite. This week, we'll only be discussing... The finest comics from the X-Men line. And I could not be more excited about it. Yeah, Squite. Yeah, yeah. Indubitably. Yes. But before we do that, let's hook up to our Krakoan pipes. And let's puff in the medicine that is what's new in Krakoa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk first about... Yeah, what do you got news-wise? Hit me with news. The, the movie, uh, Shang-Chi, comes out this week. Uh, it does. It's gotten some pretty good reviews. It has. Reviews, certified fresh. Yeah. Um, Kelsey, do you think it's going to be one of the finer things? Oh, I am torn through the pessimistic view that the high level of ratings are due to, like, the way... Agents have been perceived for the last year and a half. Um, I'm afraid. Which is terrible, which, but you don't want the movie. The, right. You want the movie to be good of its own right. You want the yeah. critics to say the movie it's good. Cause part, it's yeah, part of that is because I am a fan of Kung Fu style movies. And mm-hmm. going into this, am I expecting that? I mean, they, they have portrayed it as a martial arts movie. The fear yeah. I have is over-reliance on CGI. Yep. Now, because of the good reviews... Which I is am, a problem with every Marvel movie, for the correct. most part. That is correct. And for the most part, though, Marvel has done a good job of blending the two. But it's really hard to do... Or being CGI. good in spite of it. Having enough redeeming qualities in other areas. But, but CGI with a Kung Fu-style fist fight is hard to do. Iron Fist really struggled with the combat. Yeah, it, it, not that it, it had a huge CGI budget. but No, it didn't, but it, it struggled with the kung fu aspect. Now, granted, I said all that. I am still very interested in going to see this. The good reviews did help. Yeah, um, I'm going to go see it tomorrow. I'll give you a, a thumbs up, thumbs down on whether what I think. Yeah, and even, even the point my wife is interested in seeing it, and she's not like a Kung Fu movie person and obviously knows nothing about Shang-Chi because I don't really know anything about Shang-Chi. He's a new enough character as far as the Marvel universe is concerned for me that it wasn't one I picked up. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the the next thing I want to talk about is the Midnight Suns game. The first gameplay stuff came out today. Did you check that out yet? I have not. I forgot that the new gameplay stuff came out. How's the gameplay look? Uh, really good, but not XCOMI at all. Okay, how do you mean? So Explain. it's based off that Midnight Sun storyline. There's one character that you make. You're right, right about that. And you pick whether boy, girl, you yeah, pick, yeah. um, but that's really it. And other than that, like their character is who do you talk to and what choices do you make? 
Uh-huh. So the gameplay actually looks more like a Dragon Age Inquisition. Okay. More than XCOM. It look it looks like Marvel Dragon Age Inquisition is the way I would describe it. Where you have a p- three-person party, so you and two uh squad mates of your choice. Uh that you make a deck of cards, which I believe are not DLC in any way. It's all through talking to people. You unlock deck stuff, and there's like uh comic book missions a la Marvel Ultimate Alliance One, where you go and uh-huh. do like Captain America will reflect on something and then he'll get like a card in that adds to your deck that you can put in and um, gives him like a, an ability. And so every round of combat, it cycles through your deck is the way it works. And so like four cards will get brought up for each character. And you pick which of those cards you want to do. Okay. So, it, so you build the deck. Yes. And you collect more cards and trade them out. At the, so the hub world. What, I, what I'm hearing is anyone who has experience with card games is there are certain abilities you're going to run three or four, whatever the max allowable is in it. Yes. Minimal uh, size deck, maximum amount of the cards you want in that deck. Yeah. Uh, they said Nico from Runaways and Magic were like their only must-haves. Like when they went to Marvel, they're like, if we don't have these two, we don't want to do it. I kind of like that. Just because... Yeah. Those are two characters you don't see much, but have both been featured in both obviously comics and Marvel Universe shows. Like I enjoyed the Runaways show, and they yeah. did different things in the comic books. I like the comic more, I think. Yeah. Um. But the show was really cool. I thought they did a very good job. Um, the actress who played Nico was very good, and even New Mutants. Like I know it didn't sit high. It had delay issues. Everything the magic casting was honestly all the casting I thought was just spot on spot with on. that movie. Like they, so they, the, the actors and actresses were actors. Let's call them all actors. Um, they, they nailed that. And, and it's kind of cool that for Fraxis, right? Yeah. Is so what was bent on having magic and Nico as, as their must haves. Cause you know, Marvel was going out with, it's like, well, you gotta have Wolverine. Yeah. Well, they, he made it sound like they were pretty good about things, and they're like, "Well, we want that because we want the game to sell." And they're like, "And there's also a certain angle." So, from what I've gathered, you'll pick different characters to like talk to during your downtime. Yeah. But there's only so much downtime you have between each mission. So, like, you can sculpt your team and your get that run by who you choose to spend your downtime with. Well, I read and, it's like relationships, like you build up relationships yeah, with characters. But it sounds like there's going to be both consequences and buffs based on that. So mm-hmm. like, for example, if you're only going with the dark characters, your team will take a dark approach to things. And if you're only spending your time with like your Iron Man's Captain America's, there'll be a certain bonus to that. There'll be a certain like the story will lean towards that. Okay. It, you so know, and that, that kind of thing gets me more interested. The fact that it, that creates a desire for multiple playthroughs, mm-hmm. um, you know, because different endings helps, different play styles help. So, yeah. And Marvel approached them about making a game because they said, we liked XCOM, Enemy Within, and here's what we loved about your game. And take take the notes of like, this is what we loved about it. And there's nothing anything like this. And then here's our toys. Go play with them. 
I like that. I like that as a, a publishing company saying, hey, this is we we like what you do. This is here are some notes of what we can give you. Do what you want with it. Yeah. He said like their first meeting was Marvel singing the praise of them and being like, we love this. We love this. We love this. Like we thought this was unique. We want you to do that to Marvel. Love and then that, that after that, they were they backed off. So he, he seemed pretty happy about it. Um, so we'll see. It's one of those things where if the card system here's is a, like here's some sort of buy to play it, thing. My biggest question is it next gen. It's a piece. It's on. It's PS4, PS5, okay. Xbox One, Series X, and PC. I don't have a PS5, and with that uh, semiconductor chip shortage, shortage, I'm definitely not getting one anytime soon. So. It's on. It's old, on all of them, though. I've got ye old PS4. I don't know that it's on Switch. That's fine. I have PS4 downstairs, so the graphics look pretty good, though. Cool, love yeah. it. All right, so let's move on to some of the other finer things. Um, Hickman did one more interview this week. Talked about some of his uh, final closing thoughts on on moving on, and um, I just thought it kind of reaffirmed some of the things we did. Any thoughts on that? Or you just kind of want to. Skip I mean, over that. I don't want to skip over it because it's a big deal. Um, it kind of it reaffirms that obviously he's moving on amicably, I guess, in a way. Yeah. But more due to the fact they won't let him finish his story. What depresses me about it is they won't let him finish his story, and it doesn't seem like you're going to get a director's cut type thing. Like, I mm-hmm. wish, I wish they would let him at least like. Make his alternate version, like call it like version, um, uh, or or even you know, in the old days, they they would have like X Men novels. Yeah, like I always like you know, if you could entice him to just write a book for it, and just yeah. he gets to do his story, you know, it probably won't sell a hundred percent great outside of people who are interested in it. But I don't know. Uh, it I, seems like he's interested in writing comics and. To a degree, part of Marvel's thing is they write graphic novels that they split up in the comics. So it's like they're still backwards in the sense that they're like, it has to be 22 pages each week. But then they also like don't care. They want it to be like graphic novel-y at the same time, too. I don't quite get because the whole purpose of the graphic novel with Marvel stuff was always four to six issues each, you know, and you block those out into like three of them. Uh Uh-huh. And there's your graphic novel. It was basically an arc that, that would happen. Yeah. Like, there's your graphic novel. Boom, boom, boom. So, I don't get why that is such a... And solicit. He doesn't, he doesn't like people... He doesn't like previews. He doesn't like people knowing things. He likes the old, like, Surprise. I show up at the comic shop, and this looks really cool. I'm going to buy it kind of thing, because I have no clue what I'm getting into. I'll say for him, likely an outdated way to do it. It probably hurts him in the long run financially. Financially, um, you got to have this model of consistency for Marvel. But, but I, although, I do agree it I, stymies I guess, your creativity. But we can't say financially either because this is the way he was releasing stuff and they were hitting. Yeah. I mean, they're, they, you know, it was a high selling comics, like all of them. Well, so, I'll say this, though. I feel like you couldn't figure out what anything was by design with House of X and Powers of 10, you didn't even know it was Powers of 10 until you started reading it. Yeah. So it's one of those things where he, he spent all his clever juices 
getting but around solicits. I don't mind him not previewing what it's about, you know, because yeah. that's part of the mystery. Some of it's like, I want to find out what the story's going to be. Did you I see know the it. next announced books for X-Men? Like new ones? Marvel oh, just put you out about that. the Wolverine ones? Yes. Great. Two more Wolverine books. Great. Oh, he dies again. Okay. <laughs> oh, excuse me. X of deaths of Wolverine and the the 10 deaths of Wolverine, the 10 lives of Wolverine. And it's like all the Wolverines from the whole multiverse coming together on one quest. I don't care. <laughs> what, what do you mean you don't care? It doesn't. I don't care. It's not one of the finer things. I don't care. One, <laughs> I know. One, this multiverse thing, while it's fascinating when one does it, now it's getting get, going to get overplayed. If if the entire universe, the Marvel Universe cinematically, is doing it, now you're starting to shove it down the throats with Wolverine 2. Unless, unless this is some cosmic attempt to roll Wolverine, get him ready, you know, yeah. get all the universal ones going... And seeing which one you want to throw out there into the Marvel Universe. Get people wondering, ooh, which one are they going to run with first? Which one are they going to run with first, you know? Because I think Powers of Ten doing the Moira thing made it not feel as multiverse to me. No. And that was like a clever way of doing multiverse things. But, like, they're locked. Right, right. It is still one timeline that you've just reset over and over again. Yeah. I think that was a new take on multiverse things that worked so well and people dug it because it wasn't just anything can happen. There were set rules to it. Right. So, and if anything can happen, what's the point? You know? Yeah. So let's go ahead and talk about uh, this week. We've got two books. We've got Hellions number 15, New Mutants 21. Um, Why don't you tell us what happened in our, you know, one of our favorite books. There's some debate over way of man. It it is almost, it is almost no. This one dominates Way of X. Yeah. Go ahead and tell us what happened. So we left off with Mr. Sinister uh, taking Clone Sinister, which in a way Mr. Sinister is also a clone, um, to his chimeras to show him what he's been working on, what the whole big deal is. Uh, Leaving the Hellions to fight Tarn the Uncaring and the Locust Vile. And Tarn the Uncaring just, uh, I mean, they haven't called him Omega Level, but he seems to be unstoppable. And after having a conflict with Psylocke, where she attempts to psychically have it out with him, he's basically able to get the information he wants from her mind. I mean, she offers it, but he tells her, he's like, I, I don't bargain. So he figures out, I know where, where Sinister is, and he goes to find him. Um... And then Psylocke basically tells the rest of the Hellions, I know what happened with Arcade. I have been hiding stuff from you. Greycrow loses it, begins to deconstruct himself and make a really big gun. Uh, during that period, uh, Tarn the Uncaring comes face to face with what Sinister has been doing. And while that's happening, one of the Locust Vile keeps trying to come to him and update him what's going on. Because Greycrow has been not only shooting up the rest of the Locust File, he has been taking them and feeding them to the uh, Amoeba Fetus? Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, the Amino Fetus, sorry, he's third stage. 
amino fetus, which, as we know from uh, the Ten of Swords, you're not supposed to feed him. And he is feeding him. And they have given a little chart on why not to feed him. And when Tarnia and Karen learns this, he must return because this apparently is a problem as, and I quote, having gorged a final time, the infants come. The enders of all, the infants do not feed on life, but the strands of time. So, <laughs> Tarn, <laughs> basically not through an altruistic motive. He's not telling him, I'm saving the universe. No. I'm going to go drop this guy in a black hole because I want to come back here and really ream everyone for this. Disappears. Leaving the Hellions to basically come to grips with what just happened and and it comes full circle or uh they have to confront Psylocke and she admits that I can't let you destroy the things that Sinister has created which is basically a Tarn Sinister. Yeah, uh, if you get to see the picture, it's Tarn, but it's Mr. Sinister as well. He has yeah. taken all that. Um she explains that Sinister has her daughter. Sinister explains, "Hey, Daughter is only here, not backed up by Cerebro. So this destroyed, you got a problem. Grey Crow actually seems to get it. He understands. He goes, all right. Now, Empath, on the other hand, <laughs> he has a message from a member of the Quiet Council. Emma says hello. And when she does, Empath triggers all the rage that Havoc has had towards Sinister, towards the loss of uh, Madeline Pryor, all of those things, he basically turns them on to the nth degree, and yeah. Havoc blows it all away. And, and we're left with it. That's it. He says, he tells, he tells sister, Emma says hello, and boom. So good. So is, good. Everything about this book was so uh, good. Honestly, I love Tarn, and I, I, I love the direction they took. This, the ending was a surprise. I didn't see it coming. I had forgotten that Emma had mentioned originally in the first Hellions that part of this deal was like, oh, yeah, Sinister, you're not allowed to do clone stuff with yourself. You know, you're not allowed to splice yourself. Like, she, they had set parameters for him. Yeah. And Which uh, ignored in classic Sinister fashion. I love that it came back. Like, that that was a thing that came back. We we didn't even bring up the fact that, like, nah, oh, I didn't even bring up the whole fact that the Reavers, or whatever, the, the, they unlock the little baby on Nanny's ship and get access to Nanny's ship. Obviously, yeah. again, this is why this comic is good. There is a story going on. Great storyline that they're doing. They have just planted seeds for more storyline down the road. Yep. It's, it's fire. All, they set up one story without at all distracting from the other story. And their setup is interesting and the stories and everything's so great. Right. Uh, is that Orcus that is with those guys too? I can't tell if that's that scientist Orcus guy. Oh, uh, Dr. I can't think of his name. I think it is. Okay. Which is cool. Cause it adds a certain amount of like, uh, credibility to that threat too, man. This one's so good. Oh, that ending is fire. Like, the whole thing is good, and that ending just sealed it for me. Yeah. Like, I read that, and I was just like, 
no, this this thing is okay. I hate to say the the finest book, but it's one this of the finest. Is, things. No, this is the fi- This is the finest book. I don't hate to say it. I like to say it. I like reading a book and going, I couldn't do this. Like I could never. My best work wouldn't be this good. When this I read comics, a random issue of Hellions, or I talk to anyone who reads comics, if they have not read it, I immediately recommend it. Yep, Hellions is so good. Start from the beginning. Don't stop. You won't be disappointed. Yep. I'll give you my little toe. Yep. <laughs> um, let's talk New Mutants. So New Mutants uh, picks up, and this one follows a group of New Mutants out on the moon who uh, have a led by Warpath. <laughs> They have a run-in with the brood. Uh, seems like things are getting real bad. Uh, two, the there's a second group that are investigating the death of Scout. And uh, she gets resurrected by the five. They figure out that it seems like, although there are some holes due to resurrection, that uh, maybe the Shadow King is manipulating things and making it to where Scout and all, like Scout was killed by Wolfsbane. So that group uh, goes, talks to Magic, the war captain, as well as some of the more experienced uh, members of the New Mutants, like um, uh, Danny Moonstar, and they go to take on the Shadow King, and he laughs. Uh, meanwhile, back on the moon, uh, turns out the whole brood attack was partly a, a drill that got out of hand, uh, picking up on that storyline Hickman had in the early X-Men days of uh, Brew controlling this new brood pack and some of the warriors are hard to control for him. So overall a tight story sets up for the shadow King um, and has this training regiment to teach the young mutants, which is the purpose of the new mutants book, um, how they use their powers in space. So uh, really strong book. I enjoyed it. Kelsey did new mutants do it for you. Yes. Um, one, while it was still, New Mutants has been all over the place, and the idea that it is following a lot of characters. Yeah. Um, but it does, what it kind of does is, like, shows day in the life of Krakoans. Um, I like the Warpath stuff. I like that they had to go on a rescue mission where they were, like, putting out fires. Uh-huh. I like this where the, the, the plan was... You have to learn how to clean these slugs off and move them somewhere without hurting them because you yeah. have to learn to use your powers in a non-combat oriented way. Yeah. I thought, I, I think once they became a nation, I thought that was a very grounded approach. Um, yeah. This is kind of like Phil, like new mutants is the only book. I feel like actually doing a good job of like, Showing what it's like to grow up in Krakoa. Right. Because they can't all be wards. They don't all need the X-Men. Yeah. Um, I, again, I like the characterizations of, of everyone in here. Magic, you know, when they, when they, they ex- eventually they explain the, that they will bring Scout back. I enjoyed that the five stand up and say, yeah, um, you're right. They have not, they have not been really. Uh, they have not set a, a line on clones, and yeah. we are going to set it now. We'll set it. They are in an individual, anyone with their own like personality, et cetera, their own genetic. They treat it like identical twins. Boom. Done. So yeah. it also puts Madeline Pryor. Madeline Pryor. They mention her. 
they say, yeah. yep, yeah, she's resurrectable. We can resurrect her. Yeah, so, they say that, but who's pulling strings? You're right. So, so does this set up conflict between the five and the Quiet Council? Yeah, and, I, and I'm ready for that payoff. I want to see it. Um, and, and finally, as the Shadow King has physically been drawn more and more evil, they have finally made a move and said, "All right, he's a bad guy. Here you go." But now but I still coming. feel like there might be something more to it. Like they're going to show up and it's a test. He's teaching them something. Yeah, and Xavier's like, and this is why we don't resurrect clones. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly, but I I don't I think I think they've shown their hand now. Yeah, may, maybe so, maybe so. And I wouldn't mind seeing a big and old brawl. I'll say this: I loved Magic's response. He's like, "Yeah, I'm listening. Uh, I'm a war captain, so." I can do what I want to this guy. Still, still like a young twenty-year-old, but not quite an adult, but but still older than the the teenagers kind of like, thing. Like she has experience, but not maturity. Yes, she's yes. not matured, but she's experienced enough. She knows how to get things done too. Yeah, and, and she's not afraid to do them. No, so, um, two great books. Uh, some of the finer things. Well, in Krakoa. The fire things is the things that you see, like, okay, when we preview what's next week and stuff, we see that and we go, if you see new mutants or hellions on there, the answer is always, oh, I'm in for a good week. I'm going to read something I really enjoy. Yeah. Like, hats off to the, to the artists and the writers of those books, because I am never, I have yet to be disappointed. Well, they had Rod, Rod Reese back on art this week for... New Mutants, and he did some of the original mm-hmm. New Mutants stuff, and I think that was really good. Yeah. Like, back when it was, like, the uh, the initial team, which I, but, I don't think this book has ever, for me, reached, like, the Hickman levels since he, since they left that. Right. But this was still really, like, but, this This is good enough what? to be there. But Hickman was playing in the sandbox he liked, the sci-fi space yeah. one. Yeah. With an awesome cast of characters. He did. And a smaller cast of characters. This one, yeah. they're they're they got a lot to deal with. Yeah. So um, go ahead. What were you gonna say? I was just saying, you know, we spend a bit of time harping on some writers, and I I gotta say though, this, like I said, Hellions comes out. I see that, and it, it makes the week better as far as a comics lineup. Yeah, like the New Mutants makes me go, and, and Hellions. So we got Vita Alea that writes um, New, New Mutants, Mutants uh-huh. and does a awesome job of that. And Hickman, I believe we got Zeb Wells. Hellions, you mean? Yeah, that's what I mean, Hellions. Sorry, if I yeah. say Hickman's. Uh, but Hellions, we got Zeb Wells. It, so those are two artists, like, check out their other stuff because they can write two books. I can guarantee you that. Right. Yeah. Gosh. What and a the strong art, the art in Hellions has been just great from the start. I like that style of art. It's enough comic, but all, yeah, it feels like the good kind of 90s comics. It's not quite so 90s that it's like, uh, okay, a lot of pockets. Maybe their waists are a little tiny on the women and the chests are too big on the men. But yeah. it's cleaner. It's not yeah. cleaner. Yeah, it's no, I, I agree. The one thing I always had trouble with were some comics I'd read. Like, okay, Ultimate. Ultimate X-Men went on this run. And the first three graphic novels worth, maybe. 
yeah. not a consistent artist. After that, they would change artists too much where the art styles would change so much that you're like, man, God, it's, it's really hard to attach one to the other, you know, that, that mm-hmm. congruent line. Yeah, and I, I agree completely. I do think, um, even I'm even flipping through Hellions right now, like Psylocke isn't just like this busty, even Jim Lee kind of, you know. Yeah, like, uh-huh. Like oh, she, yeah. she looks fine. Like I think yeah. everything about this book is solid. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much all I got as far as comics go. I want to spend the, the end talking about um, what if. But oh, any yeah. last thoughts on this week's comics? Go get them. I mean, honestly, yeah. if you have a Two comic bangers. shop near you, go buy them in hard copy because really, Hellions especially is worth having in hard copy. New yeah. Mutants, I still think you should buy in hard. It's worth it. But Hellions, yeah. go buy it in hard copy now because I, I, I mean, it's a worthwhile run. I have no idea what the value of comics are. Yeah, in 20 years or maybe like 10 years when the X-Men line is gone and... I feel like this is going to be the book that's going to be like Guardians of the Galaxy, where they're going to make the Hellions book. Like, because what's his name? Um, Kevin Feige is going to be like, this is what we're going to do. They're going to let to make things interesting. They're going to let James Gunn run an R rated Marvel movie. And and they're going to go Hellions. You want that one? And he's going to say, and the book's going to be hard to find the original graphic novel. The original books going to be hard to find. Because everybody's going to be like, yeah, this Hellions movie is good. Right. It, it has that same original, you know, Star-Lord Annihilation Conquest, Guardians of the Galaxy initial run energy to it. Yes. And and I'll say, uh, I think that Hickman is has that Annihilation energy with House and Powers. Yeah. Where it like set up this whole universe. And, and his X-Men book is like Nova, the through line. And I think this really is the Guardians of the Galaxy where it's like, this is the thing that's doing something. Right. This is the promise, like fulfilled, of of the powers of ten. Um, let's go ahead and talk about what if. What? So we haven't talked about episode three. We're also going to talk about episode four. So episode three, I got to get episode four out of my mind. Three episode is the murder the mystery. murder mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh, so spoilers ahead for both episodes. What did you think of the reveal that Hank Pym? Has been murdering the Avengers. I loved it. Hank yep. Pym killing the original Avengers was top level for me because I'm I'm watching it going. Did like, you see it coming at all? No, not until not not until they talked about Hope Van Dyne. And they're like, "Oh, she's dead for two years." I'm like, "Oh no!" Yep. As soon as no. they showed Hope being dead, it's like, "Oh, that's what it is." Because they did well, kind of bait and switch. They showed Janet. And I'm like, oh, Janet. Maybe it's Janet, you know, come back from Quantum Realm. But then they were like, Hope. I'm like, oh, Hope Van Dyne's dead. It's like, oh, I bet he is just livid. Yeah. Well, it makes no, me wonder, I, though. I love it. And it made sense. But it made sense the way people were dying, too, yeah. after that. I'm like, oh, that that's perfect. Yeah. He shrinks himself. He's in everything that they're doing. That, you know, yeah. he explodes the, the Hulk's heart. You know, he kill you know, everyone he's inside, he kills them. And I'm like, you know, that's what it, it, it makes Hank Pym so much more of a threat than you realize where you're like, you know, cause you're like, oh, Ant-Man, oh, he shrinks himself, big whoop. And you're like, you know, 
this makes him really show what kind of threat Ant-Man can be. Yeah. So we had a guys weekend this last weekend where I kind of duped everybody because I asked you did. Hank Wim, one week prep time, could he take out the Avengers? And they predicted it right without seeing the episode. They were like, yeah, yeah I think he'd take them all out. Like if you gave him a week of prep time, he could take yeah. them all out. Because hey, in Hank Pym too, like, like Lang is Scott Lang isn't as smart. Like he's, he wouldn't have been able to do it. He would have. No, he would have like, messed something up. The forethought isn't there. Hank Pym has forethought. He knows what he's doing, kind of you know. But which is why it, I think he knows that. That's why he's got to step back. But I also like the Loki team up. Yeah, you know Loki shows up and obviously you know conquers the world afterwards because he's going to stay. Yeah. Ruler of Midgard. Um, no, everything about the episode was firing on all cylinders. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Uh, that one was great. Um, I do think it was kind of weird because it should have been, what if Hope died? And they kind of duped us and said, what if somebody murdered the Avengers? Yeah, they did. I, it was, but, I mean, it was that good. They had to. They had to do that. To That's make the only way we can do that kind of story. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and talk about the fourth episode this week, a what? real somber one in yes. uh, the Dr. Strange storyline in which the two Dr. Strange is battled. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it almost seemed like it was going to be a heroic good wins thing. And they went the other direction. They did. And you know what? I appreciate that, especially when you're doing what if, you know, having as after episode two, where it was all T'Challa makes everything better to have an episode where no or two episodes. Nothing, yeah. Two episodes. Things don't end well, but the, the fourth one, things that end very poorly. I mean, like literally that universe dies and it is. It's interesting. It's like a commentary on grief, you know, cause Dr. Strange isn't a bad man. That's yeah. not that's not the thing here. You don't have a bad guy. It is someone who is just so overwhelmed with grief that they cannot let it go. Gr- grief and, and arrogance. And arrogance, his ego. And w- what's funny is um, yesterday and today I was listening to a podcast, uh, Martyr Made. I'll, I'll pimp it out for free to my many listeners out there. But he did a podcast. It was about Dostoevsky and Nietzsche. And he was kind of paralleling their lives and things that they did. And it really had a similar feel as to what the split Dr. Strange, the one who carried out his ambition to bring Christine back that style of ego, that narcissism that, that makes you think that like you can change this and it, 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 you know, it, it hit a spot for me. I mean, it, it once again, it's, it's hard to put into words really because uh, I was thinking with the last couple, what ifs, you know, they, they were hitting on kind of, they were still having like a, a Saturday morning cartoon feel. Yeah. This one was not. No. This this sent a message. 
And there was no X Men music at the end, like da 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 da, where the heroes were today. I watched this with my kids, and at the end, my youngest son is watching. He just goes, "That's sad." And this is a four year old, okay? Because the last couple, I'm like, "Oh yeah, kids can watch it." And he goes, "You know, that's that's sad." Like he got it. Like that. That's not yeah. a happy ending to things, and you know, especially that final scene realizing what he's done and begging the watcher, you know, you're a God, you can fix this, you know, let me suffer, but please fix it. You know, take, yeah. take what, take, you know, take me and fix the world. And the watcher's just like, no, that's not how this works. For, it's... go ahead. You, it, it's one of those ones that if you don't watch any of them, watch this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's something that you'll never see Marvel otherwise, which is no. the point of what if, like you'll never get yeah. to see this in a Marvel movie. So I, I do have to ask though, four episodes in, where does this sit for you? As far as their, their TV shows go, I'm not saying like rank it, but I, does it yeah. stand up with the other ones? That's hard. Um, it is, it's tough, but here, here's why they, they're all individual episodes that are their self-contained units. Yeah. The shows, the other shows are judged as an entirety, you know, and you they're have told a in a condensed format right. compared to any other shows. So I can't compare them, but I, I'll say this for the episode ranks up there emotionally with all of them. It, it may yeah. be the best. Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely grim, dark, like definitely dark. It is. It, it is a. It is a somber, like you said, somber. I mean, it. You're watching a person fight against something that they cannot fix, and they are not. It is watching a person go crazy. That yeah. is what this is. Well, I mean, it, it reminds me of like those criminals, like that that do some really dark things. It's just like, man, it's sad because there's no redeeming you. You've gone too far. Like it's like you're too. You'll never not be a narcissist. You'll never not. And right. I think but, everybody knew it. And he's a narcissist, but but he's doing it. There's a reason he's doing it. Like, yeah. it's not, I'm not doing this to dominate the world. I'm not doing this to change the world. I'm not doing this for me inherently. I mean, technically him, he's doing it for himself, but yeah, it's, <laughs> he's not doing it for power. It's, it's nothing like that. He just wants to fix one thing. That's yeah. all. One yep. little thing is all he wants to fix. And it shows you character-wise, too. Like Doctor Strange in the movies, the comics, it's his hands. Yep. When it's only fully himself, like his ego, he's able to fix that ego-wise. Yes. Like he's able to fulfill that. When it's something outside of that, like there, there is another part of him. Um, He's able to find purpose outside of his okay. career, which was a big this move is, in the movie. But, but this is what I wanted to point at with, with the Nietzsche and the Dostoevsky stuff in it. They, they go along this tangent of their narcissism and how they will pursue something. And if they cannot get it, it's, typically it's a woman they will pursue they will pursue they will pursue if they're able to get it or not get it either way they then lash out at it like it's like someone going for the thrill of the hunt if they get it then they completely change like i don't want any more they're a whore 
edit that later, I guess, um, etc. This is a similar trope in that he finally gets her back, right? And he he's begging the Watcher to change it. He broke the world to get her, and he doesn't want it anymore. Yep. It's wild. You know, it reminds me a lot of the Deathly Hollows, the second brother. The storyline, too. Like, what, what he became to get her. It's not what they well, focus yeah. on, but it's yeah. like, you, you did this thing that was inherently selfish, and that's not that's not the person you were. So now, the person you loved, that loved you unconditionally, you're not the person she loved unconditionally anymore. Right. It's, it's, it's wild. Um, great episode. Great week, all things considered. We had the finer things this week. The finer we things. That. Specifically, um, the absence of Dane Rainier. Well, only the finer things. Only the finer things. <laughs> all right. Uh, been a wild ride. Been fun. Can't wait to see you guys next week. For some Hogan more Hellions. Books. Hellions. 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 Gore, gore, gore. All praise Tarn. All praise Tarn. We're out. <laughs>